In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. We have placed before us this morning an amazing portion of scripture, the 14th chapter of John's gospel, and it falls, uh, John 13 through 17 is uh, sometimes referred to as Jesus's upper room discourse, and and places uh, do year-long sermon series just on those uh, particular verses. I have a few minutes um, in which we'll talk about John 14, but in that time, I want to hold out to you um, the amazing words of uh, comfort and challenge and hope uh, and assurance, the amazing words of promise that are extended to you and to me as Jesus promises to be our advocate, uh, as he promises to be our comforter, um, our helper, our counselor. And as we reflect on this this morning, I want to sort of break it into uh, three segments, if you will, a word of context, uh, a word of application, and and a word of hope, a word of context, a word of application, uh, a word of hope. And, And first, a word of context, because there is so much that is happening in this portion that we read from this day. And in many ways, uh, Jesus's followers are, are being prepared for a quest. They are being sent out into something new. Uh, they are entering into uh, a new and challenging uh, phase of their lives, something radically and dramatically different from what they had known. Because in the 13th chapter, if you remember, uh, it begins as they are gathered together in the upper room, and Jesus, who is the greatest among them, the one in whom all power and authority rests, suddenly kneels down before them, and he begins to wash their feet. And he says, see, I have set an example for you that you should do as I have done for you. And certainly in that particular moment, while incredibly uh, touching, surely that would throw them off balance as well. Uh, I would certainly be thrown off balance if suddenly um, the leader, the greatest, the one in whom all power and authority uh, knelt down and began to wash our feet and says, see, I've set an example for you about what a relationship with him looks like, about what the Christian life and faith looks like, uh, humility and service being essential components of our Christian life and our relationship with God. And he goes on and he says, a new command I give you to love one another as I have loved you. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples by the way that you have love um, for one another. And in the midst of all of that as well, oh, by the way, Jesus says that one of you will betray me. Uh, and he also says that I am uh, departing from you and I'm going before you and where I am going, you cannot follow me at this time. And Peter says, I'll follow you even if I have to lay down my life. And Jesus says, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. So there's the word of context of all that is going on. And I think it's safe to say this is uh, the night before Jesus is handed over, before he is betrayed, before he will be crucified for us. Uh, And I think it's safe to say that uh, they are experiencing uh, no small amount of uncertainty and anxiety at this particular moment. And that's uh, certainly something that we can identify with as well during times of seismic shifts uh, in our lives, during times of transition, during times of stepping out into something which is unfamiliar. And, and life gives us myriad opportunities to do just that. And, and, and very often as we launch into those, we experience a certain amount of uncertainty and anxiety as we leave 
what is familiar. It is, uh, as many of you know, it's a, it's a baccalaureate uh, graduation uh, time of year, and, and we actually, in the Smalley household, have two graduations uh, this month. My son graduated uh, from college, and my daughter, uh, my youngest, graduates tomorrow. And so I'm, I'm walking around with a paper bag, and I just sort of breathe in and out of it, uh, just kind of... Kind of, I find myself sort of taking a lot of uh, sort of shallow breaths um, right now, a, a time of tremendous transition. And, and you know, one of the things I can remember as well, and, and perhaps you can as well, for those of you um, who have um, graduated from school, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a mixed experience, isn't it? Uh, it's lifted up as something that's supposedly so wonderful, and, and, and it is uh, to some degree, and, and yet it's also walking into something that's unfamiliar, and, and particularly as one graduates from college. I, I don't know about you, but I can remember it being tremendously awkward uh, because you're neither fish nor fowl. Uh, you're no longer a student, uh, and yet you're sort of not fully looked on as an adult either, and it's just this awkward um, in-between time. And so we find the disciples in the midst of this time in which they are transitioning, and Jesus will be sending them out uh, but he promises to them, and the promise that goes out to them is a promise that goes out to you and to me as well. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. And he says, I will not leave you comfortless. Uh, I will send, uh, and actually there's a number of different words which are used to translate it, and that actually should be a cue for you and me. And the cue for you and me should be that, uh, that this word, this promise, this person that Jesus promises to his followers, the fact that it's translated in numerous ways says to us that, that what is being promised to us is rich uh, and it's deep uh, and it's complex. The word in Greek is paraclete, uh, parakaleo. Jesus promises uh, the paraclete. What he promises to give to his followers is the Holy Spirit that he will in fact not leave us as orphans, that he will extend his peace to us, that he will actually equip us um, for our lives, and he will do that by sending another advocate, Jesus says, just as I've been your advocate, I'm now going to send you, and it's sometimes translated advocate, uh, or counselor, or comforter, uh, or helper. Uh, and all of those are facets of what Jesus promises to you and to me as he promises to send um, the Holy Spirit um, to be with us and to strengthen us. Uh, but one of the challenges uh, in that promise is the knowledge of our human nature, uh, the knowledge of our human nature and the way that we chase after so many false promises and the way that we chase after so many false comforters uh, and how we often put our, our hope and assurance in, in things that are fleeting, uh, and the things that won't fulfill. I, I mentioned it's a graduation time, and as uh, I've been going to baccalaureates and graduations, I remember my own baccalaureate at the Citadel, and uh, as pretty much everything at the Citadel, it was, it was required. Uh, baccalaureate was not optional. Our, our joke was, but it was a true statement, when you went there, they took away all of your rights, uh, and then they slowly gave them back to you, and they called them uh, privileges. Uh, and so we were, we were almost about to get all of our privileges back as we graduated. They formed us up for baccalaureate, formed us up on the quad, marched us across the parade deck into Summerall Chapel. And as you might imagine, my mind and the minds of all my classmates were a million miles away uh, as we gathered there to hear the preacher. Uh, but interestingly, I, I do remember 
some of his address. And he was actually, it was the Bishop of Montana that was a Citadel graduate, and he was our baccalaureate speaker on that particular year. And we sat down in the pews, and as I say, we, you know, we were present in body, uh, but not uh, in mind. Uh, and he looked out at us, and I remember he said, money, sex, and power. And we thought, well, we'll give him a chance. Uh, we'll... <laughs> We'll, we'll see what, what perhaps he has to say. And, and his message was, you know, as, as is so often true of, uh, of, of the truth, it was, his message in many ways was, was very simple, uh, and it was very straightforward, and, and yet it was profound as well. And as I say, uh, to his credit, I remember it, uh, I remember it to this day. And, and what he said to us, I mean, he, I mean good grief, uh, he, he knew us, uh, and he knew the human condition, and particularly people about to enter out into the world and, and all of our plans and dreams as we were prepared to go forth. But what he said to us was this. He said, you know, uh, we tend to chase these things um, in our lives. Uh, and as we chase them, we tend to think this. We think, if I just could have a little bit more of one of these, if I could just have a little bit more of a few of these, if I could just have a little bit more, then I would finally be content. Uh, then I would finally be okay. Uh, I would be fulfilled. I would be um, happy at that point. And he, and he used the big three, which are, you know, certainly um, ones that, that we can relate to. But basically what I want to ask you the question right now is, is this. And the question I ask to you is certainly the question I ask of myself as well. Uh, what are the idols that you're running to? What are the false promises that you're running to? Uh, what are the false comforters that you're looking to to fill that void in your life, to give you a sense of security, to give you a sense uh, of meaning, to make you feel as if you're, you're content, that, that you're okay? What is it um, that you're chasing uh, to be your comforter that can never ultimately or sufficiently be your comforter? We're chasing so many things. Perhaps it's the perfect body uh, or the perfect home uh, or the perfect family. Uh, perhaps uh, we are seeking that escape through substance abuse. Uh, perhaps um, we are seeking to address the aches and the voids in our lives by avoidance. Uh, perhaps it's sometimes good things. It's Christian activity uh, or it's uh, service uh, of various sorts having the perfect theological vocabulary, all these various means by which we try to find our, our comfort and assurance in a way that's going to be pulled out from under us uh, and leave us comfortless. But into that, we see God coming and speaking to give us uh, an assurance to address the aches and the voids in our lives, and that is done through the promise of the Holy Spirit, uh, the paraclete. And I, and I want to unpack just briefly uh, a little bit about what that word means and what is within that promise of the Holy Spirit as God promises to come and make a home in us uh, and to make us home with us. As Jesus regularly says throughout John's gospel, uh, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you know me, um, you know the Father. We will come and we will make our home in you. Uh, just as I am in the Father, uh, and the Father is in me, uh, and I am in you, he promises to us. And there's that invitation um, for us to come to him. But as we hear that word, uh, paraclete, we have in that para, which means to come alongside. 
uh, like you'd think a paramedic, for instance. Uh, and we have in that uh, the way that God wonderfully comes alongside us in our lives, the ways that he comes um, to encourage us and to uh, strengthen us. And, and we're often uh, in need of God to come alongside us as our comforter. Uh, and as our encourager, as our helper. Uh, I think of it not just alone. You can think about, for instance, the eighth chapter of Romans when Paul talks about the Holy Spirit and he says, well, we don't know how to pray or, or when we're beyond uh, prayer, when we feel exhausted by, uh, by praying, when we don't know how to pray, Paul says, the Spirit intercedes on our behalf uh, with groans and with sighs uh, too deep for words. We hear about how the Holy Spirit comes alongside us to be our encourager when we feel that, you know what, uh, God has forgiven me so many times, surely he can't forgive me again. When we think, uh, I know God's mercy is great, uh, but surely he's tired of me by now. Uh, or surely it won't cover this uh, in my life. I've, I've fallen too many times. I, I've worn out uh, my welcome. The Holy Spirit comes along um, to be our encourager and to be our advocate. But then also in the second half of Paraclete, in the Kaleo, we hear call, and we see the various ways in which the Holy Spirit both calls to us by way of when we go astray, when we're chasing after all of these false promises uh, to call us back to himself, basically um, to speak against what we're doing to us, to reveal to us um, the error of our ways, to reveal to us the path down which we're traveling, which ultimately would lead um, to our destruction. But then lastly, this, and here's the amazing thing. We hear that he is our advocate. And that word advocate and counselor also has a, a legal sense where basically what we're hearing is that he is our representative. Um, he is the one who speaks um, on our behalf. He is the one who advocates for us. If you remember in the comfortable words from 1 John, uh, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, or he is the perfect offering um, for our sins. He actually advocates on yours and my behalf with the Father. Uh, what that means is, is this, when we, when we go to God, when we turn to God, we don't go to him um, in our merits. We don't go to him with our track record. We don't go to him with the perfection of our actions. We go to him based upon uh, what our Lord Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. We go uh, in those merits rather than our own. I share one final uh, story with you. Uh, and this final story uh, is about a uh, missionary, a gentleman by the name of John Patton. Uh, he was a Scot that traveled back in the day to the New Hebrides, uh, a group of islands in the southwest Pacific. Uh, and the people uh, that he went to be a missionary to, he was in the process of translating John's gospel. Uh, and uh, the people to whom he was a missionary had a history of cannibalism. Uh, and uh, as he attempted to translate uh, John's gospel into their language, I mean, this isn't funny, but I think it's kind of funny. Shockingly, there wasn't in their language a word for trust. Um, that, was, that was, you know, imagine that. Faith and trust uh, was, was not in their vocabulary, and so he was attempting to find a word in their language as he translated John's gospel about, uh, about faith uh, and, and about trust. Uh, and he was uh, there working on this, struggling with this, and, and one of the people from there walked in, and he, he, he had an epiphany. 
And what he did is he leaned back in the chair, just back on uh, only two legs, and he stuck out his legs and he stuck out his arms and he hovered there momentarily as an aside. What a feat, um, just that in and of itself. But he, but he leaned back precariously for just a moment and he, and he asked the person, uh, what is the word for this? Uh, and, and the word uh, that he gave meant to lean one's full weight upon, uh, to lean one's um, full weight upon. So what I would like to offer up uh, to you this morning Uh, is that wonderful opportunity given to you and to me, a a source of enduring hope. And that is the call and the opportunity for you and for me to lean our full weight uh, upon God, to lean our full weight uh, upon the promises of Jesus which he makes known to us, uh, that he, through the cross and through the resurrection, has defeated the power of sin and death, uh, that we have been reconciled with God based on his merits and his mercies and not on our actions, that amazing message of good news that is freeing to you and to me, and also to hear his word of promise that he will not leave us as we walk now um, by faith, that he has not left us comfortless, he has not left us as orphans, uh, but that he has sent his Holy Spirit to us. Uh, And as 14 goes on, Jesus says these words. He says, peace I leave with you, my own peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled uh, and do not be afraid. Uh, He's well aware of the many false comforters we chase after. Uh, And rather than being comforters, ultimately what they are is cannibals. Uh, They consume us. Uh, However, uh, we have a true comforter, uh, a true advocate, uh, a true helper given to us in the Holy Spirit. And my prayer for us is that we will lean our full weight upon him and know the peace of God which passes all understanding. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and praise that you are well aware of the human condition and the human heart. And in your mercy, you seek us in the gift of Jesus, your son, and that you extend to us the gift of your Holy Spirit that we might not be left comfortless. Fill us, uh, I pray, with your holy and life-giving spirit that we might find our strength and our hope in you, I pray. And these things I ask in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.